0: News. I'm Jeremy Scott. President Biden lays out new steps to protect student loan borrowers following the Supreme Court's ruling that strikes down his debt relief program.
1: A new path consistent with today's ruling to provide student debt relief as many borrowers as possible, as
0: quickly as possible. The president from the White House says he'll invoke the Higher Education Act in an effort to provide debt relief to as many borrowers as possible. That will allow the Education Department to waive loans under certain circumstances. Student loans will need to be paid back starting in October following the ruling. A divided Supreme Court outlaws affirmative action when it comes to college admissions. Former Vice President Mike Pence, who's a GOP presidential candidate, praising the ruling. I'm grateful to see the conservative majority, the We help build on the Supreme Court of the
1: United States, bring an end to most of affirmative action.
0: South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott, who is also running for president, says the Supreme Court made the right choice.
2: This is the day where we understand that being judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin, is what our Constitution wants.
0: That's Laura Winters reporting. It was another huge night of unrest in Paris with more than 1,000 people under arrest. Here's Rich Johnson from Paris.
1: Nearly a thousand people were arrested Friday night and into Saturday morning here in Paris and in towns all over France. TV pictures here show burning cars and buses, destroyed shops. There's even video of a small van trying over and over to ram its way into a shop. This was the fourth night of violence over the fatal shooting of a 17 year old by police. He was trying to drive away from officers. Authorities have asked parents to keep their kids at home this weekend. Even some famous French. Soccer stars are joining the call for calm. In Paris, I'm Rich Johnson.
0: Your 4th of July cookout is a little bit more affordable this year. Costs at the store are down 3% from a year ago. This is USA News. Wireless headphones. That'll be
2: $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cashback is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet?
0: Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Airports and roads are packed this weekend with a record number of travelers getting away for the 4th of July holiday weekend. AAA's Robert Sinclair says the agency predicts more than 50 million Americans will go 50 miles or more from home over the next few days, which is a record high.
2: Employment is up over the past few months. Spending is higher, about 5.5% higher compared to last year. I think Americans still have a lot of pent up demand after being locked down for three years of the pandemic. That overtakes
0: the previous record of 49 million set in 2019. The judge in the trial of Idaho murder suspect Brian Koberger has ordered grand jury transcripts turned over to the defense.
4: The judge is keeping the transcripts sealed to the public but will allow defense attorneys to see them. It could help them learn what evidence might be used to tie Koberger to the murder of four University of Idaho students last year. Idaho law requires grand jury proceedings to remain secret. Koberger's trial is set for October 2nd. Prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. I'm Brian Shook. The school building
0: where a mass shooting took place in Parkland, Florida, five years ago will be demolished. The so-called 1200 building at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School is where 17 students and staff were murdered and 17 others were wounded. A court order preserved the building while the trials of shooter Nicholas Cruz and former school resource officer Scott Peterson were underway. The building can now be released to the school district for demolition. I'm Jeremy Scott, USA News.
3: When you can find everything you need at prices you can afford,
0: that's Totally Target. It's that feeling when quality good and gather ingredients on the barbecue bring family around the table. Or when favorite day after practice snacks let you celebrate the whole team for less. It's when saving more on up and up sunscreen means more fun in the sun. And when Target Circle Rewards program gives you more perks on what you buy most and is always free to join, that's Totally Target.
4: Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call. And learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123.
1: is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, radiolawtalk.com.
5: Welcome to hour number two of Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Kunin. On assignment are Fred Penny and Denise Dirks. I don't know why I said that backwards. I mean, doing my. You ever notice legal speak kind of sounds like Yoda? On assignment, Fred Penny and, you, and Denise Dirks are. On
1: assignment, he is.
5: Yes, yes. Uh, you know, forever single you will be. So, um,. So I, I'm filling in here in the big seat, the big chair for Fred. We, uh, in the first hour, we had a case or no case about the steamy love letters of former President Warren G. Harding. And if you want to go and read those, I'm telling you, they're giving Cardi B a run for her money. And Jerry Seinfeld probably wants to change his first names. So you'll have to read the letters to get the context. Um, <laughs> and then we also talked about a Supreme Court ruling that is going to have, I mean—
1: Let's just say when he said Jerry, he was not talking about German euphemistically,
5: but, even though she no, was a supporter of Germany. Yes, no, he was not. <laughs> and so, uh, and we talked about it, the Supreme Court ruling in Samia versus United States that is going to have an impact on lower level courts throughout the United States, when it comes to the admission of one statement of a co-conspirator against the other co-conspirator when the other co-conspirator will never have the opportunity to cross-examine the person that made the statement before the jury gets to hear it and consider it um, against the one and whether or not—it's it, just a, it is ah. It's an interesting ruling. It's
1: fascinating,
5: I And think. it is what it is. But we've got other stuff. We're going to get to the Supreme Court ruling about affirmative action in college admissions here uh, in just a moment because that is one that is making a lot of headway in the news the past week since that decision dropped from the Supreme Court. We also have other individual cases like the Rust case and Kevin Spacey and Travis Scott and a bunch of things to get to. But Cal... yeah. You uh, ready? You ready for this? I'm ready for case As or no case. You know I case. got two points last time. Yes, you, you, won- Oh, oh, that's right. I got to, I got to mark okay. that down. Cal got two points. Make a note of that. It's okay. very
1: rare, very rare. And by the way, you may get two this time. Who knows? Now Let's it's time out. to play case or no case. Now to Augusta, Maine, the capital of the state, where Sinjar, Azerbaijan, has just moved to Maine from Toronto, Canada, there to open a small neighborhood grocery store, bigger than a convenience store, but a neighborhood grocery. Right next to the state capitol building, he figured he'd get a lot of tourist dollars and maybe some business from Maine's part-time legislators for convenience items and microwavable food and what have you. So anyway, Mr. Azerbaijan uh, got the store. I opened it up the week before Halloween, did a very brisk business. Then came a Thanksgiving week, and it was slow. So Mr. Sinjar decided he would open the store on Thanksgiving Day, A Maine State policeman drove by and saw the store open and immediately came in and said, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm selling goods on Thanksgiving Day. The officer said, no, it is against the law. You may not do that. Mr. Sinjar was flummoxed. He did not want to violate the law, but he needed the money, wanted the day's sales. He called his attorney the next day and said, it's unconstitutional to order a store to close on a holiday. The lawyer said, well, that may be your opinion, but it is the law. So Sinjar, Azerbaijan decided, you know, Canadian citizen decided to try out the U.S. legal system and see he had a case or no case. And that, Todd, then falls on you to make that same decision.
5: What year was this? 1998. 1998. Yes, sir. In, in Maine. Yep. There, It is alleged that there was a law... According to your scenario. your yes. scenario, <laughs> yes, as it that there was a law that forbade a business from being open on Thanksgiving Day?
1: Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, Easter, and Sundays.
5: I mean, <laughs> if, if it was against the law where I live <laughs> to have a store open on Thanksgiving Day, do you know the number of tables that would be devoid of things so easily forgotten, like whipped cream, sour cream, <laughs> sour cream, cheese,
1: chives, baked potato, and, or in some cases, ready prepared meals. I mean, yes. Sources, so turkey. Things,
5: right? <laughs> Wait, did anybody actually buy the Turkey? Uh, oh my, I, I, I am shocked that uh, I would say that if it's a, if, You know, <laughs> I I hate because this, <laughs> this is more about strategy of what Cal is up to. <laughs> because what I'm thinking is some well-intentioned police officer knew that Thanksgiving was a federally recognized and maybe a state recognized holiday, which gave uh, state and federal employees the day off because it was a recognized holiday. But that doesn't mean that every business has to close. It just means that if you work for a business that either recognizes it because of state or federal law or chooses to have that day off because they're a state or federal agency, private business chooses to have that day off. Well, it's up to them whether they want to acknowledge the day off and whether they want to pay their employees holiday pay if they're there. But it's not a requirement that the business has to close. So I'll say it's a case and Azerbaijan what Azerbaijani. Azerbaijani wins because the officer was completely mistaken as to the law, and it is a case because he needs to be recompensed for the amount of money he lost by the enforcement mistakenly of a law that didn't exactly exist.
1: Do you know what I like about this show? Listening to you think your way through a case, it is such a labyrinthine path sometimes, isn't it?
5: Look, if you're going to <laughs> take a look into the recesses of my brain, I highly recommend you take a canary. Good okay? point,
1: good point. <laughs> In a cage, okay, with a gas mask on. So now, yes. is it a case or no case? Todd said it was.
5: It's a case and the store owner wins. And I say, no case. But <laughs> okay, how did you come up with this one, Cal? Well,
1: because I came across the story. It is illegal in Maine to have stores with more than five thousand square feet open on Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, and on Sundays, except the week in between Thanksgiving, uh, pardon, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. In those weeks, it can be open on Sundays, unless the law says <laughs> it's a case of necessity, emergency, or charity. So Mr. Azerbaijani could have declared an emergency. I have a fiscal emergency. (laughs) I I need the money. Anyway, so (laughs) it, it is against the law.
5: You know, it's it's is it like against the law always enforced, or is it like against the law and nobody found out about it until they they looked at the original charter for the state?
1: No, Maine so, Maine is very active in in maintaining okay. holidays and what they call the keeping the Lord's Day holy. We're we're going to shut stores.
5: Okay, all right. I I, mean, I just remember the episode of The Simpsons where they're looking over the the town <laughs> charter of Springfield and they said, oh oh hey look here, guess what. It's against the law to put a squirrel down your pants for the purposes of gambling. And then they open up the door of the police station, and there's all the officers with money thrown out, and one guy's got a squirrel running around his trousers. Hey, Lou, you guys got to knock that off.
1: Should tell players in the NFL that.
5: Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, my. That is Next hour,
1: Joe Albertson versus Joe Collins. That's on Case or No Case next hour, right here as we get into the second hour of Radio Law Talk with Todd Cunin. And we'll be back. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Remember, Radio Law Talk is available 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday, live on RadioLawTalk.com and on many radio stations coast-to-coast. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk
2: My name is Frederick Penny
1: of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny
2: & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, one 800 616
1: the family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help.
2: I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Well, Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Up uh-huh. inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see. I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quack car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. 6944.
6: Four. Radio Law Talk. I like
2: that show.
1: Now, now it's time for more Radio Law
2: Talk.
5: So I was going to go into one Supreme Court decision about affirmative action. I'm still going to get to that one, but it made sense based upon Cal's case or no case dealing with uh Sunday the the requirement in the state of Maine for businesses what businesses over 5000 square feet 5000 square feet required yep. to be closed on Sundays Christmas Thanksgiving things like that right Yeah all right so it made sense to go to this one cuz this is another little case that was that uh, the opinion dropped this last week from the Supreme Court and it involves a postal carrier and the postal carrier's decision or desire to not work on Sundays because of his religious beliefs. Let me set the scenario for you. Gerald Groff was an, is an evangelical Christian and for religious reason, reasons believed that Sunday should be devoted to worship and rest. It's almost as if it was found in a book of Ten Commandments. Hmm, I don't know. Somewhere. Something like that. All right. yeah. So Groff in 2012 took a position as a postal carrier are working for the Postal Service as a postal delivery, and it was great because the Postal Service didn't deliver on Sundays in 2012. But, uh, file this under the heading of, can all bad things in the world be traced back to Amazon? (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) When the Postal Service began doing deliveries for Amazon, well... They started doing deliveries on Sunday, seven days a week. That's right. And so Groff, not to be a stick in the mud, decided and put in for and was granted a transfer from the uh, to a rural mail delivery position because the U.S. Postal Service, despite its working for Amazon, still did not deliver in this location for Amazon on Sunday. So this would be a rural delivery guy in for USPS and not have to work on Sundays. But again, the encroachment of the Amazon... Ethos. Economic yes. river, <laughs> right?
1: And this was a deal they signed with Trump. Right? Yes. I mean, this was signed under Trump to try to save the postal service by generating more revenue. I don't that know. If
5: the it, I don't know when it started. Uh, could I be. Could right. be. I, I, it's not really germane to the case. Anyway, it doesn't president. matter.
1: I just want people to know that this has not been going on forever. It's yeah. a fairly recent development.
5: Well, especially since uh, he didn't start. This didn't start until twenty twelve. So it's go. in the last ten years. So um, when the rural service started doing deliveries for Amazon. He requested, he still said, look, I'm not going to work Sundays. And so they had other postal carriers fill that shift. And the problem was that he wasn't working the Sundays and he started to receive progressive discipline because of his refusal to work on Sundays because of his religious beliefs. And it, it began to be unbearable. And so he resigned and then sued under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, claiming that he was being treated differently because of his religious beliefs. And the case went up to an appellate court where he lost, and it went to the Supreme Court where, well, there was an interesting decision that went down. And what this really hinges on, there was a 1977 case uh, that talked about this, and it talked about an undue – an employer, uh, the, the, the request should be granted unless it would create an undue hardship for the employer. So essentially, the way it had been interpreted, undue hardship from 1977 until this case that dropped last Thursday, was, as the Supreme Court said, undue hardship was always interpreted as something more than a diminishment d- – uh, diminish- uh, a de minimis encroachment at minimal cost.
1: In other words, inconvenience of scheduling yes. or whatever. It may so, be. so right.
5: if, if, if the employer said, well, I can't do this because it's going to tick off a bunch of other employees because they had put in for vacation. Well, that's more than de minimis. So that's an undue hardship. Ergo, you don't get your day off. Right. And they were able to do that. And that had been the law up until this case. And, the decision came down where the court said, "Look, we're not going to do away with the uh, with the undue hardship rule, but we're going to redefine it for lower courts to employ." And here's the key difference: it says uh, Justice Alito, writing for the writing for the majority, which is an interesting term, and I'll get to that in a second, said. Uh, What we're doing today, quote, should resolve whether a hardship would be substantial in the context of an employer's business in the common sense manner that it would use in applying any such test. And they said, we think it is enough to say that an employer must, and here's the key word, show that the burden of granting the accommodation, the burden of letting him take Sundays off would result in substantial increased costs in relation to the conduct of its particular business. Substantial increase. So so look, what does that seemingly take off the table? It doesn't increase the cost to the business if somebody else has to fill that shift. Right. I look, I'm paying the same. Unless the employer were to say, Look, you make 20 bucks an hour, and the only person I have to fill that route makes 100 bucks an hour.
1: Or I'm short short bodies and I have to pay another guy overtime to cover your deliveries.
5: Maybe that would cover the cost, but that is the standard. It's got to be more than de minimis. And so they, uh, they overturned, this guy kept losing on appeal and everything because everybody said well it was more than a de minimis hardship and so now the new standard is yeah unless the employer can show a substantial cost to the employer for granting your request to uh have the time off you 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 get the time off. So,
1: the new hardship is dollars and cents and really nothing else. Not inconvenience, not difficulty. Scheduling, it's show me the do re me, basically. By, by right?
5: using the word cost, I would say that. Yeah, now, here's the kicker yeah. I said majority, right? Yeah. Unanimous decision on the part of the court. Wow. Nine zero. Unanimous decision. Every justice said, yep, this needs to be the law. And that's the way that it is. When we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about affirmative action. Don't go away.
1: Did the Postal Service argue against or They must have. It was their it was their case. So they were people standing up and saying, no, this isn't going to work for us.
5: Come saying, rain, yeah. come snow, come sleet, come and hail, Sunday. or a request for the day off or the
1: <laughs> right. We'll be back. More Radio Law Talk is coming up right here. Stay tuned. and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
6: Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most health insurance laws and rules have changed if you have Obamacare are uninsured or your premiums are too high call Healthcare help desk it's free new health care plans are available and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles make the free call now top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere you may be paying too much and not even know it in these troubled times health care is more important than ever don't let another day go by without health insurance Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Health Care Help Desk. Call 800 676
2: 0151. 800 676 0151. 800 676 0151. breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-501-2533. 800-501-2533. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800-501-2533. 800-501-2533. One Stop Tax Relief show.
0: USA News update. More people are on the roads this 4th of July weekend than four years ago, which set the previous record. AAA's Robert says over 50 million Americans are expected to travel, most by car. Spending is higher, about five and a half percent
2: higher compared to last year. And I think Americans still have a lot of pent up demand after being locked down for three years of the pandemic.
0: Meanwhile, it's no easy trip by air as flight issues continue in parts of the country. FlightAware reports 2,000 flights today are delayed in and out of the U.S. and more than 100 have been canceled. The Supreme Court strikes down President Biden's student debt forgiveness plan, which means loans will need to be repaid back starting in October. This follows a three-year pause while the issue is being debated. President Biden says now he'll invoke the Higher Education Act in an effort to provide debt relief to as many borrowers as possible. Jeremy Scott, USA News.
2: dollars! Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now.
0: Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time
5: you buy gas. Use promo code STRONG for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code STRONG for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code STRONG.
3: Right now, you can eliminate odors, mold, mildew, bacteria, and viruses in your home with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm uses Oxy technology that naturally sends out O3 molecules that seek out and destroy odors. The thunderstorm doesn't mask or cover up bad smells, it eliminates them, leaving that fresh, clean smell, just like after a thunderstorm. The thunderstorm is small, plugs right into the wall, and fits in the palm of your hand. Put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you want clean, fresh air. It even includes a USB cord for your car or truck. Right now, save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-Pack for whole home protection. That's three units for under $200, a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use discount code USA3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use USA and the number three. Shipping is free.
4: You can save on your prescription medications and get free delivery with one free call right now. Call 800-734-1229. If you
6: pay my fee, I'll take your cake. Oh, stop it.
1: And now back to Radio Law Talk. Here is your host today, Todd Kunin, in for and away, Mr. Frederick Penny. Hi, Todd.
5: How you doing, Cal? Yeah. We're halfway through this show. You doing all right? Uh, yeah.
1: I'm you know <laughs> holding together. You know, you know what's weird is all of a sudden the, the air conditioning did not kick on, and today this is no day. So I was kind of sitting there thinking – Am I sweating or am I just nervous today because it's me and Todd?
5: Well, may, maybe, may, well, I don't know. How, did you read the Warren G. Harding letters? Is that, is that, what, oh, is that what happened? Oh,
1: yeah, that's My glasses are all messed up now. Because, it's,
5: you know, <laughs> you're on the other side of the glass and it's, it's very cool temperatures where I'm at, but, but, uh, yeah. but I didn't read the letters, so.
1: Well, they, they are certainly
5: <laughs>
1: steamy and veiled, but it's a fascinating story. I, I've said to myself as I read it, has anyone made a movie about this? And it would be an interesting movie. Yeah, but days. I think yeah.
5: you had to go to the back of the video store to buy them <laughs> to rent them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the
1: guy in the front goes, "Oh, you want that one?" Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I have it at home. I'll bring it for you tomorrow. <laughs> it's called the Oval
5: Office. You'll want to read it. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> Cal, yeah, look for the for the listeners out there. I, I have to confess something. uh Oh, what? So Cal is wearing a shirt today, yeah. And most it is, days I do. And it is oh, what what color is that? It's, it's you ever watch like the Tonight Show when they have the animal trainer comes on with the exotic animals, that, and there's usually always some sort of uniform that they're wearing. That's usually some sort of light green, olive-colored, you know, same uniform they would wear in the zoo. And Lighter stuff like that. than a
1: military green, yes. but sort of like a canvassy kind of a green. Yes. Cal
5: is wearing a shirt just like that, complete with the with what appear to be the little things on the side that you would put the stripes on near the shoulders. For no, the,
1: there's no on, epaulets on the shoulders.
5: But, but it, the way it's stitched from my perspective, <laughs> sitting 15 feet, 20 feet away from you through the glass. So every time I look at Cal, I keep thinking he's going to well, you know, Todd, for this segment of the show, we're going to talk about snakes, and I brought a bunch with me. <laughs> the law
1: and lemurs. <laughs> yes,
5: uh, you know, at, at which point if it was snakes, you would, you would hear crickets. It would be silent radio and nothing for, but the sound of the wheels on my car peeling out of the parking on lot. On the part of both of us, i sure? don't yeah. do snakes. No, so, no. Um, anyway, anyway, I digress. Affirmative action. All right, so the Supreme Court addressed this issue. Here, here's, here is the issue. There were folks, Harvard University of Harvard and University of North Carolina were sued, and um, by folks claiming, look, I'm an otherwise qualified applicant for your university, and I was turned down, the claim being, by lesser qualified applicants or applicants, my application was not considered fully what have you because – Another applicant was, and they were a member of a uh, minority race that that your institution had a preference for granting. And so essentially race was used as criteria in the selection process to which Harvard said, yeah, so, and University of North Carolina said, yeah, so. And we believe that we were able to do that under the law that has existed for the last 20-plus years. And, and you know, we have diversity that we want. So this came before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court weighed in. But who brought the case, Todd? So it was brought—and this is interesting. Glad you asked that, Thank you. Cal. It was brought by— a group, I, I just had it. Oh, it, this why I'm not even on that one. Is brought by a group called, you know, we're on live radio searching, here. Searching. You know, searching, searching. I had it right up here, but then I went to the, the uh, other cases. It was brought by a group called Students for Fair Admissions, SFFA. Now, this was, it's a nonprofit organization whose stated purpose is to, quote, defend human and civil rights secured by law, including the rights of individuals to equal protection under the law. Now, that was the group that filed, right? And there's a lot being said about this decision, because, spoiler alert, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you got to stop using race-based criteria the way you've been using it. It's not a complete abolition, but the way you've been using it in the admission process is not the way that it was intended or otherwise authorized by previous court decisions, and and you, you have to knock that off, right? But the big issue here, before they even got to that, was the question about whether or not this group, SFFA, even had standing to, to raise litigation and take this all the way to the Supreme Court because it's an organization. Look, or usually to have standing, right, you have to be the aggrieved party. Well, University of North Carolina and Harvard, they don't admit organizations to be students. They admit people to be students. And so the the argument from Harvard and UNC was, how can this organization be arguing when they're not the aggrieved party? They're not the ones that were harmed by this. They're an organization that seeks this. The organization didn't apply to go to Harvard, nor would they, because we don't admit organizations as part of the student body. We admit students. So how do they have standing? Essentially saying, look, if if you want to hear this, there's got to be a student that brings this. Or a class action lawsuit by students that bring this, not this organization. Sure.
1: So was the organization one of those that was put together so to get representation for this particular cause? I mean, there are such organizations out there.
5: Well, I don't know if it was put together for this, but if it was, the Supreme Court ruled that under a three-part test, such an organization does have standing.
1: That's a significant ruling, Todd.
5: It is, because... Putting this ruling aside, in future cases, this decision laid the groundwork based upon a—using a previous decision, which is also from—1977 cases were uh, widely used in this, in this year's court, right? Um, that's Hunt versus Washington State Apple Advertising Commission—there's a mouthful, say it five times fast— in that case, the court held, well, look, here's a three-part test to see whether somebody has standing to sue under Article Three of the Constitution. One, part one, does its members otherwise have standing to sue on their own right? So if students were part of this organization and they would have standing under their own, that's prong one. That was met in this case. Number two, The interests that it seeks to protect are germane to the organization's purpose. Well, the organization's purpose here was to seek equal rights under the law, and they're arguing that race-based criteria in admissions is contrary to that right. Okay, so that— It's part of their stated purpose. Leg
1: two of the stool. Yes.
5: Yes. And the third one, neither the claim asserted nor the relief requested requires the participation of individual members in the lawsuit. So the individual members don't necessarily have to be part of this claim, and the court found that it met that test. And so here we go. We've got this three-part test, and what I see moving forward is going to be A whole host of litigation of groups now advocating on behalf. We've got an election season coming up and you're going to have lawsuits filed by the society to prevent election fraud here or the use of machines here. I I think that this decision is going to be used by a lot of folks to bring a lot of litigation in the very near future using this decision as a blueprint for how to create an organization that has standing to sue.
1: So ultimately, the aggrieved party in this was, were there individuals who were aggrieved by this uh, alleged, what some people call, reverse discrimination? I mean, obviously, there were individuals involved. So how do they play into that versus the
5: organization? Well, the organization, remember, under the first prong, the members of the organization would otherwise have standing to sue in their own right. Okay. So,
1: so they get the same result as they, they get. They get the
5: themselves. same result because Got the organization is it. made. A, it's essentially a way of creating an organization that acts like a class in a class action lawsuit without the need to file a class action. Got it. And so, okay, you know that's the way that it's it's going to work. Now, look, I remember recently our president said something that. It, A lot of people objected to it at the time, but what he said was technically correct. The rights that you have under the Constitution are not absolute. There are times and certain circumstances when a law can come out that seemingly abrogates a right under the Constitution, but it has to meet certain criteria as interpreted by the courts in order for that law to stand. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's called strict scrutiny. Hmm. And we'll talk about the way the court interpreted that when we come back from this break.
1: A lot of interesting stuff right here on Radio Law Talk as the show continues on this Independence Day weekend. And what better way to celebrate your independence than talk about the things that help us be free, the law. After this, stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. Commercial center, the announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
3: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest Call Rate Genius now. 800 352
4: 3308. 800 352 3308. 800 352 3308. That's 800 352 3308. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term,
6: and other factors. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? you need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-738-0170. 800-738-0170. 800-738-0170. 800-738-0170.
4: If you think you're paying too much for your car insurance, call now. It's easy to switch, and in five minutes, yes, just five minutes, you'll learn how much money you can save on your car insurance. Save yourself some money this year. Call now for your car insurance. Call E-Insurance now for your free car insurance quote. 800-251-0427. 800-251-0427. 800-251-0427. That's 800-251-0427. Hey, listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the window replacement hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy efficient beautiful virtually maintenance free windows at this year's rock bottom prices our prices are so low we don't want to scare the competition the only way to hear about our window savings is to call yes you must call our special toll-free number for the best window replacement prices in town get your new windows patio doors and more from the window replacement hotline get ready for the change in weather save on your energy bills call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. That's 800-710-3739.
6: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really
0: need the... Boys are weird. Are you serious? This
1: is Radio Law Talk. So that's what 48 minute means. 48 minutes means. And now back to my good friend Todd Kuhn the host today of Radio Law Talk.
5: All right. So let's talk about strict scrutiny. And I'm not talking about people that uh, <laughs> look at my Tinder profile. E- easy now. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, e- e- we all enjoy... We all enjoy freedoms under the Constitution, but sometimes the government can encroach. And when the go- when a law passed by the legislature encroaches on a fundamental right, it has to pass what's called strict scrutiny. The courts look at two things. First, was there a compelling governmental interest in the law that the that the government was trying to address? And was the law, is the law narrowly tailored to achieve that interest? And uh, you, the classic example that we have from law school was, uh, you know, it's against the law to yell fire in a crowded theater. This is back in the day when that could really be a hazard. Is that still the law? Well, so many people are streaming <laughs> at home right now, you know. <laughs> What's a crowded theater? But, but the compelling governmental interest was, if you yell fire in a crowded theater, it's going to create panic and people will die. And so yeah, sure, you have freedom of speech, but when you do that, the government has a compelling interest in the safety of its citizens. And because of that, uh, this law is, a, is narrowly tailored. We're not in, is narrowly tailored. We're not encroaching on all your free speech. We're just saying in this context, you can't use those words right? Same thing is true with criminal threats. Yeah, you have freedom of speech, but if I say to Cal, look, I'm going to pick up this hatchet and come into your office and I'm going to, you know, hack you into a billion bits and make that criminal threat. Yeah, you know what? The government has an interest in not allowing that conduct and that kind of fear to happen. And so a law prohibiting me from saying that is narrowly tailored to achieve that end.
1: So I should keep this note as evidence you're suggesting. You should. (laughs) It would be a soundbite.
5: And so... So I use that to say that the use of race as part of admissions criteria a long time ago was courts struggled with it. They struggled with schools, how schools were going to justify using race. They said, what is the compelling governmental interest? And it wasn't until... Uh, was, was it Grutter versus Bollinger back in the early 2000s? This case came down, and the Supreme Court at that point in time said, all right, we will recognize that a, um, a diverse student body, diversity in the student body, is a compelling state interest that can justify the use of race in university selection criteria. Now everybody saw that and said we're good to go. But what they ignored was the second part of that opinion. By the way, Justice Thomas was on the court at that time. Disagreed. He, he was in. The, he dissented. He did not agree with the majority. And uh, the rest of that decision, though, clearly indicated that first the. the Diversity of student body needs to be clearly identifiable. It needs to be temporary until you feel like you've achieved it and it's there. It's not something that should be ongoing. Well, it seems like, and I think the court in this last week looked at that and said, hold on a second. You guys seem to have forgotten everything else we said in that decision because you heard – it is a compelling state interest in diversity, and you just went hog wild. By the way, we also said in that decision that race based criteria should not be used as a negative. Like, an otherwise qualified applicant shouldn't be denied admission because they weren't part of a minority, which is the way it was being applied according to the majority.
1: And a new term came out after that in the media called reverse discrimination. Instead of yes. somebody saying discrimination is discrimination, it doesn't matter the race of the party being discriminated against. Discrimination is what it is. But that was the buzzword when this came out, only practicing reverse discrimination.
5: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the way it went after, after the Grutter decision from I think it was like 2002, 2003, somewhere along in there, from that until now, so for the last 20 years, and the court readdressed it and essentially held, with all of the data that was put forth in argument by Harvard University, I mean, it was interesting because the data that they put forward, it almost made it look like, well, look, here's the ratio of African American students to Caucasian students. We had all this. The real aggrieved group were the Asian American students. And, you know, it it almost felt like, it, it almost felt like when I heard the arguments, it felt like, well, look, yeah. But we're achieving equality with the African-American students. Yeah, those are Asian-American students. They're different, which is just as racist. It, it, it shouldn't matter. And I think the court was looking at that saying, y- you know, if we're going to say that you can't use race or you have to achieve a compelling student body, uh, diversity in a student body, we mean all races. Look at the look at the disparate impact you're having on Asian Americans, and and it, it, it was just being poorly used, and so the court said, essentially, and there's this is a quote from uh, I think it's I think it's the majority opinion: two constitutional wrongs cannot result in a constitutional right. Either race discrimination is wrong, or it's not wrong, and we kind of know the answer to that question. Yeah. It's wrong, and you can't say, well, it's wrong unless we're using it to achieve this. It, it can't be used well. You guys are relying on unquantifiable goals. You can't look to it. I mean, what do you have as a goal? If you're looking to achieve diversity, that's quantifiable. Look, we, we've look, at, look at the numbers that we've got. But if you're using as your compelling state interest to, to empower more people to seek their own how do you quantify that? And the court had problems with it. If you can't quantify it, it's not a compelling state interest that we will recognize that will allow you to abrogate constitutional rights.
1: And if you have objective standards for admission and you've got a pool of people who meet those objective standards, you can't say, oop, wrong race, you can't come in. I think that's kind of what they were saying in a way, was it not?
5: That, that, yes. You can't say wrong race, you can't come in. They still said, look, you can use it maybe as a, as a push point – but you can't use it as a negative, and that's what you've been using. Now it still it still begs the question, and I don't know how Harvard and University of North Carolina is going to do this. Let's say hypothetically you have twenty applicants, and putting aside race, putting aside that they score identical on every metric that the school uses, right? They they are identical candidates – You could not tell one apart from the other based upon. How they were ranked and their scoring and everything. Great, aside service what you can clubs, see.
1: extracurricular, the whole
5: deal. Got and and yeah. let's say there's only 15 spots and you got 20 people that are equally qualified. What are they going to use? What are they going to use? And look, I think it puts those schools in a bit of a predicament because if you run into a situation like that and it turns out that the five people that are excluded in that scenario— and let's say there's always five people excluded every time the admissions come around. And statistically speaking, the groups that those five fall in are the same groups. Well, it's going to look discriminatory and they're going to have, uh, they're going to have some explaining to do.
1: And I did hear a university spokesman say, well, we'll still use race, but just in a different way.
5: Well, and that's what the court said. That's fact, what the right? court said. The court didn't absolutely yeah. abolish the use of race in selection criteria. It just said, "Look, the way you've been doing it is wrong," and uh, and we'll give you some guidelines as how it's going to be how it should be used moving forward, and we'll see if the schools are able to get it. I don't think that uh, you know we have the decision. The next five years are going to be a significant look at how schools seek to implement the guidance of this decision.
1: I think the content of character, qualifications, all of those things need to go right back at the top of the list, but man, it's a tough decision. I've seen those admission committees, they've got some really hard decisions to make.
5: They do, but you know, with the online schools that have just, and and the online nature of school, I guess the question is, why can't you admit more? It's not like students taking up space in the classroom. You have an infinite classroom now. Great Why can't point. you take up more?
1: Great point, Todd. Thank you. Radio Lot Talk will conclude for this hour, but we'll be back six minutes after the next hour right here on many great local radio stations. And if they turn it off, you can turn it on at radiolottalk.com. Click the listen live button. We'll see you at six after.
2: Stay news on demand, on your phone, on your computer, on your terms. Dr. J. Nadine Garcia. She says fallout from COVID has made it tougher for many to manage their weight. Get trusted news and information from USA News.
3: What they are calling one of the largest drug busts in American history has happened at a port in Philadelphia.
2: From usapodcasting.com.
6: Subscribe today. usapodcasting.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start Programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free.
4: 800-284-9275. That's 800-284-9275.